The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nancy. How about that? How about and, that? And, and we're, we're both wearing our red today. Have you got on red? I can't, I've got to take down the chat here. Oh, now I see you. Yeah, yes, I've, got, I've got red, but I put my sparkly on top of it. Oh, that looks so pretty, Shannon. Well, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but it's what I have on. Because uh, it's our last show of 2020. That's right. Last show of 2020. And I don't know about you, but I'm happy to put 2020 to bed. Yeah, it's been a tough year for everybody. Yeah, but I kind of want to put it like, to bed with no supper. It doesn't look like the beginning of 2021 is going to be much better in terms of COVID. Yeah. Oh, maybe that'll be like maybe that'll be like red too. She just texted us or. Messages. Oh, how wonderful. Thank you, Ivani. Yeah. Uh, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that, you know what they say about March? March is, the, if it comes in like a lion, it goes out like a lamb. So let's right. hope the right. 2021. But they, but they also say April is the coolest month. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I'll be uh, optimistic, I'm, I'm hoping... Shannon. I'll be optimistic because you, you are being optimistic. So I will as well. <laughs> Well, I have nothing left to be. It's like I've been every color in the rainbow over this. I, I, you know, I feel a little bit like our kids, like, like I, I, I want to throw a tantrum because there's like very little else to do. And I sort of have thrown a tantrum or two, but you know, then it's like, well, that's not working either. So let's go back to, I guess I'll just make the best of it. Right. Uh, that's where, that's where I'm, that's the mode I'm in today. We'll I, I <laughs> so uh, I, is that a beautiful piece of artwork that I see behind you? That's, yes. I don't really it is. It's not one of Wyatt's. It's one my mother-in-law did. Oh, you have such a, a talented group of artists, your family. Yeah, we do. Between you, because you're, I don't know if people know this about you. You're a very talented artist. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't painted in a long time. And I was thinking with this epidemic, I should get my oil paints out. You added, but you also sculpt. Yes. And you have a beautiful sculpture in your house that I absolutely love. Yeah. And I remember I saying to you, I was like, that's beautiful, you know, and you were like, oh, just something I did. Well, uh, I, was, I was a member of a women's art colony for about a year and we painted prolifically. I had just ended my career in television, had gotten out of television, was trying to have a baby, adopt, do any going through infertility treatments and had some time on my hands. So I started painting with a group of women and we actually exhibited our artwork at several galleries. 
Wow. You do beautiful work. Your son, of course, I believe is one of the next great American painters. I think He's a great painter. I think naming him Wyatt was very apt because mm-hmm. it's like it sounds Wyatt uh, Jackson sounds like a painter. Come on. Right. Uh, and so I think you had that in mind. And of course, your mother in law was talented and uh, such a talented family for having sake. Thank so, but that's gorgeous. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, she was. She did all kinds of artwork. That was one of her more modern, contemporary pieces. But she did a lot of real st- still lifes and portraits and many, many things. She was prolific. What a really cool thing to have uh, throughout your family. Uh, so, Nancy, we've got this big show planned for everybody today. And we've got a wonderful guest because it's the last show of the year. We've had a pretty big week here. And uh, so Vince Redmond is going to be joining us in in a couple of minutes, in about uh-huh. 20 minutes. And he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And you, you and I talked about this last night. We've talked a lot about stress. We've, we've talked about it. I think we all know it's there. And, and I, I don't know about you, I'm done talking about it. But Vince is going to be with us today to help us to deal with it. We're going to do uh, a little bit of a mindfulness and a breathing exercise with Vince that I've had him do with uh, another, with one of our parent organizations, and we all felt better afterwards. So I, I was oh, like, I'm hey. all for that. If we all feel better afterwards, I'm for it. Yeah, that's 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 definitely it. So we're going we're going for that. So we're going to end the show out with that. But we got a couple of other things. We've got news stories, and uh, some fun stuff, uh, and some you know not so fun stuff too. So should we wade right into our first? Let's say you can you can be watching us. Right now, live on YouTube, on Facebook Live, on Periscope, or Twitter. Those are the big four. And you can be writing into us right now. We've already said hello to Michelle and Gamel and Avani and Amanda. I love Amanda's uh, blue hearts. She always uh-huh. sends blue hearts. They're always cool. So um, you can be writing into us on any of those platforms, and we can see it in real time on our screen. And I got to refresh my chat. Okay. But um, we are uh, able, I'm now able to converse a little bit. I can't walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, we're thrilled to have you interact with us live. If you're watching us later on, sometime in the future, three hours from now or eight years from now, you still have the ability to interact with us on, well, I hope eight years from now you can still interact with us, but on our on our YouTube not our YouTube, not our Facebook, on our own page, autism-live.com. There's a chat button and you can write in questions there as well. So if you're watching recorded and Nancy, we are on more uh, platforms for podcasts now than ever before. It's amazing how many platforms you're on. Yeah. We're on iTunes. We're on Apple music. We're on Google music. We're on iHeartRadio, Deezer, uh, Spotify, uh, pretty much. Pretty much any place that you, Ghana, uh, I love that. Right. So any place where you get your podcasts for free, you can find out there. Yep. So uh, check us out in those places. Can I, can I put in a plug at the, at the end of the year um, that if you have enjoyed any content here, we don't ask you to send us money. That is not what this is about, but we love it if you share us with more people. You can like us on any of the platforms that we're on. You can review us in any place that there is a review. We love that because that gets more eyeballs to see the information. And that's really what we're about here is to be here to provide information and inspiration 
but we don't spend money on marketing. We count on you guys to do our grassroots marketing by just telling one other person, you know, if you're watching us on Facebook, if you know a, a parent or an individual on the spectrum who could use this show, type their name in so they'll be tagged on it and they'll go, what's this? Uh, you know, if you feel comfortable doing that. But we love it when you like us. We love it when you subscribe. We love it, you know, when you do whatever it is that you do that tells other people that you're here and that you're watching and that there's something of value here. So uh, no cards and gifts for the holidays. Just uh, like us and share us. That's all we're asking for, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, Nancy, we've got some news stories because that's how we always start out. Let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy. Right. Uh, so some of them are less than fun. We're just going to yeah, say Yeah, one of them particularly. But this first one is actually very hopeful. It's out of Forbes. And it says how one company is redefining hiring and working with people with autism. <clears throat> and it's basically about Dell Technologies and their very innovative program to help solve the problem of unemployment for those on the autism spectrum. Shannon, it's still a really big problem. 85% of uh, those with autism are unemployed. It means that two thirds of people with autism are not working and the pandemic rate has twice the amount of unemployment with people on the spectrum as it does for regular people. So um, this obviously results in all kinds of problems, higher social isolation. Um, I don't know about you, but I know some parents whose kids have been laid off from their jobs because of the pandemic, because they're no longer able to go to work. Absolutely. What I, what I really uh, love is that one of the things that this article talks about, again, it's in Forbes, it's lengthy. I would encourage you to go check it out. Uh, but one of the things that it talks about is that Dell had a program that was for bringing individuals on the spectrum in, but that in COVID, it was forced to go virtual. And that has been a plus. And listen, we'll take up anything in the plus column we can with this thing, right? Yeah. But it's been a plus because it allowed two different places that were far away, they were forced to have to work together online and they found that that has really made this program flourish. And I love <clears throat> that in the article it details how uh, beneficial it has been for Dell to have a diverse working population. Yeah. The, I don't know if, if you saw or if everybody saw that Anderson Cooper did a great article a couple of months ago now on 60 Minutes about this in general, not specifically Dell, Del, but a bunch of different companies uh, and how they were recognizing that not only is it the right thing to do to bring people of diverse uh, backgrounds in, uh, and have them working that it's that it's beneficial to the bottom line of the company. Uh -huh. And I love hearing that uh, because this is this is not about a handout. This is not about a favor. This is about employing people that are good for their company. And they just happen to be on the autism right. spectrum. And in fact, part of being on the autism spectrum and the things that come with that lend itself very well to being a good member of the team. So right. and they have. They feature a woman in this article who has autism, who is a senior analyst for Dell. And she talks about the program and how it how much it's benefited her. And as you said, they have they have examples of ways that those who are have autism that are on the spectrum have benefited the company by doing some really innovative 
uh, thing. So like you said, everybody wins in this situation. Yeah. And Mathis Touch has written into us and said, I'm training my 19-year-old son to help me on my online business reselling on eBay and Amazon. And, and that's great. I have to say, uh, but I want to know more because do you remember a couple of years ago, you, you, you know, I mean, more than a couple of years ago, but you could go down any street and you would see a place that was an eBay reseller. So you could bring stuff from your garage and you could bring it into them and go, hey, sell this for me. And then they would take uh, a percentage of it. And I can't find those places. They don't physically exist anymore. So I'm glad to hear that they exist virtually. So Mesa, I got a couple of things I got to sell. Reach out to me. Huh? Uh, so, because I don't want, I can't do the eBay thing. Yeah, it's great that she's training her 19-year-old son to help her with her online business. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we all need to be thinking about, uh, I, I, you know, we, we've we had uh, Swathi, who um, be on the show before, and her daughter makes beautiful, beautiful jewelry. Right. And to hear their stories, and it's uh, uh, Designs by Siri is their company. And to hear her beautiful story about, she was like, I just couldn't have my daughter sitting here. And so she began to teach her skills, which led into a business, which now employs other people. And to see, like, we loved when, when Siri was first making jewelry and it was beautiful, but have you seen some of the stuff she's been doing lately? Like her skills have just grown so much um, to the kinds of jewelry that she's making now. It's, it's stuff that, We've got to make sure. I think that there's celebrities in, in Hollywood that need to be wearing this because it's amazing stuff. Uh, it was always good. It's crazy good now. And when I think about how mom saw that, mm -hmm. was, I think a lot of people, you know, we all wish that there was a mountain on a hill that our kids could go to and everything was already there and the programs were already in place and, and it would be effective. But, and you know this, Nancy, we've heard this how many times, a lot of times the program isn't there and it takes innovative parents like Mathis Touch saying, I guess I'm going to train my own child and I'm right. going to have, you know, my own business and do that. Uh, we yes, still, there are, there's no like pat answer about what your child can do after they leave the school system. Mm -hmm. And this is something we're talking about stress today. This is something that stresses me out because my son, Wyatt, is 19. He's in a vocational program now, but I'm trying to learn about what happens after school. And yeah. there's not a lot there. Um, you know, there's no answer, easy answer for a parent. We have to kind of navigate our own way. But you know, Nancy, you and I have talked for years about that. We have said forever that we need to host uh, um an art gallery experience for Wyatt where he uh -huh. can show off his work. And, you know, things have happened along the way that have gotten in the way of that. But I think now, you know, we should really be getting him a virtual gallery. Uh-huh. I agree. Uh, a website and that people could come and see Wyatt's work. He has work. a website already. He has a website. Okay. Well then, you know, we now we just need to put a storefront on it because I think that people would purchase art and purchase uh -huh. prints of his art. Right. Um, because you know, that one that I show to everyone, Nancy, to this day, I show to everyone was the one where he was doing mixed media. And um, it's the coolest. I would buy a print of that and I would have that hang framed in my office. Oh, wow, Shannon. Thank you. 
I absolutely would. I have other when you know, the next time I'm ever in my office, but I have some of his artwork that he has gifted to me before. But I, that one print sings to me. It just, right. like, and I know, and I know that there would be other people. I would, I'll tell you what I would love is note cards with his artwork uh -huh. on it. I mean, when I have to dash off a note to somebody, right. the art of autism used to put those out every year and I loved them. And I don't, I don't know if they still do, but there was artwork by individuals on the autism spectrum. You know, you, you I don't, I don't want to send, uh, you know, something that's generic right. when I'm sending a card to somebody. So, all right. We have work to do okay, over this holiday. Work to do. You're going to help me. <laughs> I am going to help you. You know, I get excited about that. Because uh, I'm just going to say this. I have had this vision uh, uh, for years that I don't know whether it was a dream I had or, or what, but I it was like a picture fully formed in my head of Wyatt and Nancy and Wyatt was an adult and, th and he was probably 13, 14 at the time and that they were at uh, a showing for Wyatt's work. And I, in the dream, my or whatever the vision or whatever it was, I believed in, in my head it was Paris, but I don't know whether oh, it was Paris or not. I'll take that. So I always think, okay, well, that's where we got to get to. Okay. And you were wearing you were wearing this really cool coat that had this this cowl on it, and a very specific thing. So I'm going with that vision. Okay. Amanda said, Amanda said she would absolutely buy print. She bought See? one from Rainbow Mosha. Yes, who who we've had on the show. So uh, uh, it's it's uh, all out to supper. I don't know what that means, but Rainbow Moshe. She's saying it's all about support. Oh, it's all about support. Yeah. It's all yeah, out to supper. You, Amanda. We appreciate your support. It is all about the support. Uh, so thank you so much for that. That's awesome. Uh, okay, now we got them, and and here's why it's all about the support. Have we decided, Nancy? Are we going to go to? Because we we debated last night whether to share this story. Are we going to tell it or not? Yeah, let's tell the story. I think it's okay. It's a it's an interesting story. It's um, out of you. Yeah, warn everybody. You got to strap in because this is not a good story. Um, but we're hoping that this can still have a happy ending. Right. Um, Okay, it's out of USA Today, and it's out of The Nation, and it says, you need to get him out of there. Vermont man with autism lived in six facilities in one year. And what this story does is chronicle the journey of Travis Luxenberg, who is lives in Vermont, and his really circuitous path to living independently um, as, a, as an adult. He's 33, I believe and the struggle his mother has had to place him. Um, and it's really a very disturbing story. It's harrowing, and he still is in a placement where his mother does not believe is, is appropriate for him. The placement has filed documents saying that it is and why. She thinks that he is being over-medicated, and, and that is a discussion. I think the the hardest thing, as I was reading it, that that I just kept feeling the hope of the mother that she right. was like, okay, I gotta have some place to put my son because it's not working at home. Um, she needed more support for him, so she found this place and there was all this funding. She researched it. She did all the things that you're supposed to do. Right. She, she put him in that placement and it wasn't really working. Right, but it was she, a log cabin and it was called the nice place. Yeah, and, and they and she was trying, yeah. go ahead. She had gone to great lengths to establish this home for him 
um, that he was supposed to be in with um, caregivers around the clock and people that could run a program for him. Um, it was supposed to be, it was designed specifically around his needs and would provide at least two caregivers at all times, an autism specialist and improved security measures. And, and Parker has written in saying those institutions need to be shut down. I want you to know, Parker, that this mom was not putting him in an institution. She was putting him in a place where it was going to be his home. But there were going to be, so it wasn't going to be with a whole bunch of other people. It was going to be his home. But there were going to be people living with him that were going to support him. And there was supposedly funding for that. But they had trouble staffing it. And they couldn't get an executive director who really knew what they were doing. And so the money kind of went to waste. And they weren't really supporting him. And there was one person who was on the team. And here it all kind of turns into a lifetime movie. He, he became on the team because he was there being a contractor and he felt like things weren't working well. So they hired him, which is odd to me. But then he worked there for three months and said, this isn't working. Your child does not be supporting. I'm supported. I'm leaving. You know, you should do something differently here. Her, her child, every time something would happen and he wasn't being supported, he would act out. And I say child, he's her child, but he's an adult man. And he would sometimes hurt himself, sometimes put other people in jeopardy. So there were several hospitalizations. He ended up in a hospital and that's when COVID hit, right when he was getting ready to come out of the hospital. And there was a disagreement about where the placement would be. They wanted to put him in a trailer. Now, instead of this nice log cabin in a trailer with two people who would support him. And mom was making the argument, you couldn't do it in the nice place. I'm not gonna have you do it in a hovel. She's provided pictures and, and the people in the program, even, even they admit that the outside looks run down because of a lack of funding and that they focus more on making the inside nice. But I think, I think we can all understand why the mom would be unhappy with that. But she was fighting them and they filed papers and took away her guardianship. And while we they can't really talk about how they were able to do that and what circumstances were, and we don't know. I just can't imagine while you're fighting for your child to be in a place where they're safe and not finding it, having people now fight and take away, and they did take away her guardianship. Right. So then they began making decisions for him that mom doesn't even get a say in. Yeah, she said he's being over-medicated. Um, that's one of her major concerns. And uh, she is fighting to have her guardianship restored, by the way. Yeah. Uh, now, Bish has said uh, that this is a great talk show, and thanks, Bish, for being here. But Bish already wants to know, what's the website yeah. to buy the artworks? To we don't so, have it set up yet, but I'm going to work on that, Bish. But I will tell you that the Art of Autism um, is an organization that in the past has sold, and I don't know, um, but they are the-art-of-autism. You can go check them out. And see if, but Nancy will have by by the time the holidays are over, we're going to have a website with a storefront for Wyatt. Wyatt has a website, but we need to put the paintings on there that you can buy. So there we go. We'll get we'll get right on that. See, okay. we got customers lining right. up, Nancy. Uh, okay, so I think that's great. Uh, but any in any case, Mom is fighting this out, trying to figure out a way that she can, and you know, she's. This is a story that has been much in the press and is now in USA Today. So we're saying a little prayer for this family, for this, this young man, 33 years old, 
and for his mom that she's able to find a situation that works well for him and that he be safe and well taken care of until that happens. Very difficult, very difficult story. Uh, okay, what's next on our agenda here, Nancy? I don't have. We have story. another story out of Spectrum News that redefining autism could improve research on the condition. And basically, the argument here is rather than looking looking at it as a genetic set of conditions, that you look at it as a trait, that you look at autism as a trait, and this might result in. Um, getting earlier diagnosis, which is what it's really all about. It really is. And I think, I think it's, a, it's been a long time coming, but this discussion, I would love to see this come to a head. Every few years, they redefine autism in the DSM-5, and, and that's, that's fine, and it's a list of symptoms. But I, I know a lot of people who take issue with the fact that there's only, that it's, that it's autism spectrum disorder, and that there, there are no words to describe autism that aren't a disorder. And it's high time that we came to that, in my opinion, because while there are things that can be a challenge with autism, there are aspects of autism that are not challenging. Right. And we need to make room for that in our vocabulary. Um, I'd also like to see us make room for more words because no two people with autism are exactly alike. And when we, when we, Put it all in one category. It's very confusing for everyone. Um, so I'd like to see more words instead of less words. Yeah. I think when, when we tried to take Asperger out of the equation, I don't know that didn't help anyone as far no. as I'm. No, and they point out that the average age of diagnosis is four, which is how old my son was when he was diagnosed. But we all know that that's not ideal. No, that, I mean that is not the ideal if he could have started his ABA program at two instead of just under the age of five, I, I think about that every day, what, what could have happened. Right. And, and I think a lot of people do. And so the fact that, I mean, I guess a couple of years ago, the average age was seven. So we're moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yippee, I guess. Um, but I, you know, if we could get to the point where the first time that they're screening for autism is at a year, folks, mm -hmm. one year old. If we could get closer to that marker of identifying kids who are at risk, we would have more people um, ha having less challenges, mm -hmm. I think, which is what we all want more than anything else. Yeah. My so, son was never screened. Why it was never screened for autism. Um, your pediatrician? Like, no, he did not screen him for autism. I called my pediatrician when Wyatt was just turned three and said that he had such significant language delays and was having such severe tantrums. And he basically poo-pooed me and said, well, kids that don't speak have tantrums or having problems with language and boys talk later than girls. Let's give right. it some time. So that was, you know, even further delayed. And finally, when I took him in um, at a little bit over three, he said, well, he's at least a year delayed. So you need to have him screen somewhere and gave me a clinic where to have him screen. And they said, well, he could be on the autism spectrum. And then he was misdiagnosed with PDD NOS. And it wasn't until a regional center diagnosed him at age four that he had the autism diagnosis. Well, and Amanda has written that these new levels are very confusing to me. And I think they're very confusing to everybody. I just the other day, somebody was sharing their diagnosis of their child with me. 
and um, that they had decided that they wanted me to look at it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know why, but we were looking at it together. And I saw that the, the, the expert had given them a one number rating, which we see all the time. Dr. Grampichet on Ask Dr. Doreen, she'll ask someone, you know, did you get the diagnosis? What did they say? And people will say, well, level one. And, and she always says to them, well, you know, technically there's more than one number. There should be two numbers. And a lot of experts aren't, aren't putting that in, in the diagnosis, which is very troubling. Um, but it is supposed to, the, the point of it is supposed to say, how much support does someone need? When you have the diagnosis, you definitely need support in these two different areas, but how much do you need? So a three is saying that you need a lot of support. Is Two is saying you need a moderate amount of support. And one is saying that you need support, but not as much as you do at two or three. But the problem is, is that a lot of people are interpreting it. Oh, your child's a one, so he doesn't need support. No, the very, the very definition of it is that they need support. So um, I do think it's confusing because I think that the people who trained folks in how to diagnose maybe need a refresher course because they're putting it on the documents. It's crazy to me. All right, we got to move on because Vince is going to be here in a minute. But um, our next story was, and we've already talked about this a little bit on the show this week, but if you happen to uh, watch it all over the weekend, the Ed Asner Family Center, we featured them last Friday here on the show. They did their table read of It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Pete Davidson playing George. He he was sublime, you guys. I gotta and, say. And Ed Asner, I gotta hear about Ed is Mr. Potter. What really oh, well, I mean, he could have done that in his sleep. I you know, know, everybody said, you know, curmudgeon central. Um, <laughs> he didn't even have to stretch to do it, right? Um, but it was great. You know, your good friend Tom Bergeron was the host yeah. of it, and he was delightful as always. I'll tell you who else was great was Vanessa Williams. Did uh-huh. read, what a, what a read stage direction. She read the stage directions with her brother. They sort of switched off, but Nancy, it's the master class. No one can ever read stage directions again in the way that they used to because she it, she did it with such joy. What a professional she is. And B.D. Wong was amazing. But I will tell you, our good friend Spencer Hart was the hit of the night. Yeah, Just, I heard. She played Jaju, right? Zuzu. And and I, and I, I get crazy goosebumps. There was this moment... You know, it's a reading on Zoom and people were acting and, and B.D. Wong was putting on different hats and, you know, doing, I mean, it was it was great to watch these actors work out. But, you know, it's Zoom. So, mm-hmm. you know, out of like really connecting with people, but there's the moment where, you know, Zuzu gives him, and there, there's no props, they're not acting it out, they're just reading, but Zuzu gives him her rose and and he said something to her and she leaned in and she said, what? And then he leaned in and they were they were talking to each other. It was, and you can watch it. Here's the thing. Don't take my word for it. You can watch it. Go over to the Ed Asner Family Center. It's only available until New Year's Eve. I do want to encourage everybody. They're, they're doing it to raise funds for the online classes that they do that they've been offering in COVID that, that have been free to people around the world. So make a donation of any kind, of any size, um, but go watch it. It's so good. Yeah, the Family Center definitely needs your support in this time of COVID. Yes. So they can continue to do the great programs that they've been doing all during the pandemic. 
Yes, yes, more. They've added programs and they've been free online to anyone. If you have teenagers and you, and if anybody has reached out to me and said, I don't know what to do, my teen has no social support. And I've said at Asner Family Center, they have so many kids that are on now. They're doing two different movie chat groups with Chelsea Darnell where they, they watch a movie in their free time. She tells them which movie to watch. Then they get on and they talk and these, it's free, you guys. It's just absolutely amazing. So, but please watch, I'm telling you, even if all you do is fast forward to the second act where that, there's that moment between Spencer and Pete Davidson, it's just, it was like my favorite, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. Okay, the other thing, because then we got to go, um, Vince is going to be here, is that over the weekend, uh, the there was the seventh annual Sensitive Santa event hosted by We Rock the Spectrum at their fabulous gym. Couldn't do it in the way that we normally do it. But they, I got to say thank you to Dina Kimmel and her team. They did a great job. They did a drive-through. And we finally have our video. I think I think Traven's got it up, ready to show. Traven, are we ready to roll video? Uh, and then we'll come back with Vince. So I think you're going to get to watch the video. Go for it. Thank you.
back. We're oh, I don't have your sound, Nancy. We're so grateful for all of the toy companies who who donated. Please check out our toy guide on our website to see those toys and more that we're recommending. But thank you to all of those toy companies who made a difference in all of those kids' lives. And of course, thank you so much to Dina Kimmel and to all of the staff at We Rock the Spectrum, the We Rock the Spectrum Kids Gyms. Uh, they did a great job. I think we have Vince joining us. Uh, and we're a little bit late getting to him. There's Mr. Redmond. Hi, Vince. Good morning. Good morning. For those, for those of you who don't know or have never been here before, Vince is, uh, you know, we call him a unicorn. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. We're so grateful to him. But he's also somebody who has extensive experience in the field of ABA and has been working with individuals on the autism spectrum for, my goodness, Vince, like over 25 years, right? going on 28 right now. Wow. Uh, so is a vast, uh, has a vast array of knowledge about a, a lot of things. Vince joins us to talk about stressors and things that are happening with our families mm -hmm. as a result of autism. And, you know, we were talking yesterday about the fact that every, we've been talking about stress, Vince, but we need you to help us with it. Now we know <laughs> we're all stressed. That's and a given. We all, <laughs> we all can identify, yes, we're stressed. Yes. Right now, I mean, not only, you know, we have the pandemic and everything that's been going on since March, right? But now we're in the holiday season and there's, an, you know, inherent pressures and stressors that come with the holidays. And now this year we have the new experience of a new holiday, right? We're not going to be around as many family and friends. We're not going to have the gatherings that we're used to. We're not going to be able to have the celebrations that we typically have in the past. That creates anxiety. That creates stress, right? It's change. I know we've talked about this in previous shows. When we change, right, humans are habitual and routine creatures. So when we change, our anxiety goes up. And so now we have the holidays, change of schedules, change of routines, change of celebrations on top of everything that's going on in the world today in, in regards to the pandemic. So everybody's stressors and anxieties and levels of stress are at an all time high coming into these holidays. So one of the things we talked about was how do we somehow control that? How do we mediate it somehow, right? Right. There's lots of different things in regards to creating new routines, creating new um, uh, uh, rituals and celebrations within the home, you know, keeping our family bubble consistent. And that may include grandma and grandpa, but keeping it, you know, a consistent bubble without having a lot of extra people within it, because then that creates stress with the routine or with the, with the pandemic in our routines. Uh, Vince, one of the things that my card team has done with Wyatt, because he had initially a very hard time with the pandemic and not being in his regular schedule, not understanding the pandemic, why he couldn't be with friends, why he couldn't do baseball, why he couldn't go to karate, why he couldn't do all of his activities. They created calming techniques. Use your coping mechanisms is what they tell him. And he has a list of his coping mechanisms, which include deep breathing, punching a pillow, ripping paper, and there's one or two other ones, but he has them written down. So when he goes into his room, he can, you know, focus on what those are. And we're thinking about creating a calming space for him where he would have like a beanbag chair that he could sit in and look at his coping mechanisms. So this is something that has worked for him. 
correct. And in 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 each each child is going to have their own specific set of coping strategies that are going to work for them because of their sensory needs, sensory input needs, different things that help calm them. We want to we want to capture that in specific strategies so that they can learn how to employ them, how to use them when they start feeling stressed, when they start feeling out of control. Right. right. Everyone's a little bit different, but like you had mentioned, you mentioned at least four or five different strategies that are super successful with our kids to help calm them in this time of you know change. Shannon, I'm looking at some uh, toys as well that are like fidget toys that he yeah. might, might be able to incorporate in his box of tricks. Uh, I know you featured those on the show many times. Yeah, and we yesterday we ran through all of the toys in this year's toy guide and they're available. I'm sort of queen of the fidget. I always have on my desk at work when we're working in regular circumstances, like 12 fidget toys that I'm testing out. And I love to see when people come into my office to see which ones they're drawn to. But because we all love to have something. Um, but I I gotta be honest that a cup when we when COVID first started, we uh, I also run the, the card parent group, the PTA, and we invited Vince to come in and we were all like right there, right in those first few days of COVID, like how are we going to get through this? And we were like, what can we do for these folks? We asked Vince to come in and Vince, you did, you did a little bit of a talk, but you also took us just through a very simple breathing exercise and the other day I was asking people after months and I've had guests and I've had all of these people and I asked them, you know, like what were, what were the best ones? And they said, Oh, remember in the beginning and some people, one person didn't remember your name, but they were like the guy who, you know, takes care of all of us. You know, remember when we did that breathing exercise that really helped everybody felt better. So I was thinking today, instead of endlessly talking about the stress, can you take us through the breathing exercise? Right. And this is our coping strategy, going back to what Nancy was saying. Right? Yes. It's it's our own coping strategies we have to look at to mediate our stress. And one of the most successful ones is called controlled breathing. It's being able for us to get control of our bodies, our minds, our, our the way we're thinking in a way so that we can reduce immediately reduce our anxiety and stress so it enables us to actually then think through a problem, think through a situation, think through maybe some of the stress that's coming that's coming our way, right? And the way I like to look at it, and it's done several different ways, but the way I program it and I, I uh, deliver this to my clients is four steps. It's a four-step process, right? So when we start feeling stress and we start to feel a little bit on edge, like we're losing control of things, right? Where it's starting to get to overwhelm. It's starting to get to, I don't know what to prioritize and what to do next. The first step we need to do now is just stop doing what we're doing, whatever that may be. It could be working. It could be working with our kids. It could be cooking dinner. It could, whatever we're doing, stop. Find find a spot you can go to where it can just be as distraction-free as possible, right? It could be a bedroom, a bathroom, outside, could be on a walk, could be anywhere where we can just have a little bit of quiet, right? At least less distractions. So the first step is stopping. 
The next step, and this is the one that controls our breathing. It's the breathing step, right? So here we want to learn how to control our breathing, control the flow of our blood, control our blood pressure. We want to bring our anxiety from way up here and slowly start to bring it down to where now we have control over it. So the first step with the breathing is we close our eyes and we slowly breathe through our nose as our lungs feel fill as high as we can go. Hold it for three seconds and then slowly release and blow out from your mouth, okay? So in through our nose, feeling our lungs fill, feeling our diaphragm move up, right? Feeling the air now releasing it, blowing it out of our mouth. Feel that tension, go with it, right? Concentrate on your breathing, feel what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it sounds like. Feel our body and our feeling the tension be released. Right? We want to do this 10 times. Only concentrating on our breathing and our body. Once we get to that 10 times, you're going to feel your body relaxing. We're, we're resetting our mind to a calming state a state of control, a state of, of uh, composure. Once we've done our 10 breaths and we've only focused on our breathing, we've listened to ourselves, we've felt ourselves, we feel and can you know hear the tension leaving our bodies as we exhale, right? The way to always remember the breathing is the little, a little funny phrase, right? You smell the flowers, and you blow out the candles, right? So we breathe through our nose and out our mouth. Now, when we've done it 10 times, now we're in a calmer state. That, that is step two. Now, we, when we get to step three, now we can think again. We can problem solve again. We can think about what are the things we need to do? What is the best resolution or what are our options now? To, 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 you know, resolve this issue, stress, maybe move forward with a, with a plan, what are our priorities and so forth. We're now logically able to think we're not just overreacting and emoting anymore. And once we figure out a plan, we figure out a priority, we're able to move to step four and that's now actually applying that. Apply that priority, apply that plan apply that solution to our problem. Now, the, I call this a, 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 a pocket technique because you can take it with you wherever you go, right? This isn't anything that takes, you know, uh, stimuli or, or you know, uh, objects or anything. This is something that you can do at work, at school, on a walk, at home, at somebody else's house, out in, you know, in, a, in a store, right? We can control ourselves by simply just bringing it back around to controlling ourselves, controlling our biology, making us feel more com comfortable, which then makes us feel more confident. 
And now we're able to think more clearly, be able to come up with more resolutions, come up with plans and, and uh, solutions to our problems. Now we're gonna make more sound decisions, more sound actions as we move forward. I love this, Vince, because there's absolutely no cost to it as well. You can take it with you anywhere, as you said, and there's no cost. And I know for me, um, when my son was little, sometimes we'd be leaving someplace to get into the car to go someplace. And there was one time when I was so hurried and I put him in his car seat and I was all out of control and I drove away and we were almost in a car accident. And after that, somebody said to me, you know, no more. That stop that you were talking about, they were like, look, when, you know, you can be having whatever feelings, your son can be having whatever feelings. When you put him into the car seat and you strap him into the five-point harness, he's safe. Now you get in and you put your seatbelt on and there's a moment there. And they were saying to me to do three breaths, just get into the habit of doing three breaths because that takes less than a minute and then you will drive and you will be safer and your child is okay. What they didn't say to me and I learned after that was in that moment, I was teaching my son. He, we did it every single time we would get into the car and I was modeling the behavior that then he learned. Sometimes I have to stop and take even just three breaths. And sure. it's super important that we, you know, we all need to walk our talk. Our kids have a lot of anxiety. We have a lot of anxiety. Um, and if we're working on it in front of them in these productive ways, I think they notice. Um, Absolutely. Of course they do. They pick up on our stress. I mean, you're, you put out a vibration, an energy field that they definitely pick up on. I mean, I know that times when Wyatt, when he was younger and was having severe tantrums, I would get so uh, rung out during the course of that. And he would, it was like a vicious cycle, right, Vince? That you, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Breathing, the breathing technique is great for that, Shannon. Absolutely. But I think it's important because sometimes, you know, we all meet together and, and, and we talk about different things, but I think it's that put the oxygen mask on yourself first thing right. that if we don't deal with our stress, then, then we're not going to be as effective helping our kids. If they're on the spectrum or off the spectrum, we're not going to be as helpful um, for helping them. Now, Louise has written in and said, is this a program for autistic adults only? Um, and I just want, Louise, welcome to the show. If this is your first time here, this show is for everyone. Uh, so it's for individuals who are on the spectrum themselves. It's for everyone who loves them. So it's for caregivers, it's for teachers, it's for uh, people who are therapists, anybody who has... Uh, a stake in loving someone who's on the spectrum or being on the spectrum themselves. It's for everyone. So uh, welcome. I imagine you're one of those people and we're glad to have you here. So, and what we've been talking about is we've talked, a, I, every time I turn on the TV, they're either saying something stressful or there's a story about how stressed out we are. Right. That's it. There's nothing else. Uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm so desperate for other, and I think a lot of people have just gone on to Netflix because that's all there is on television is stress and talking about stress. So we wanted to take a minute here to do something ourselves. Uh, but how does everybody feel now? I want to hear from you guys. Is anybody feeling a little bit better? Uh, good, good, good. Okay. 
So uh, in any case, uh, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'll catch up on that in a second. Yeah. So uh, we, we have just a couple of more minutes here. And I, I just wanted to give both of you an opportunity because this is the last show of the year uh, before we sign off. And we'll be playing Marathon Ask Dr. Doreen over these next two weeks, uh, actually three weeks before we're back on the air. But I wanted to take a second to have you guys either say one thing that you learned in 2020 or one thing that you're hopeful for in 2021. Who wants to go first? Vince, you go first. What am I thankful? Despite, I think for 2020, the thing that I learned is, and it kind of is a contrary to what popular media is trying to portray. But knowing everything, you know, was just humanity for our neighbors and our care of one another. When the pandemic hit, I've never seen so many people gather together to help one another than ever before. Either it be in my neighborhood, it be um, here at, at CARD, it be, you know, family members that were buying things for one another, making sure that they were safe, you know, masks and, and, and sanitation and toilet paper, you know, let's not forget our big rash of toilet paper, um, you know, these types of things. And I was, it, to be honest, I, I, it really touched my heart and touched my soul on how much people cared for people. And, and it wasn't just their family members. People were buying things for other people. People were protecting other people. And, and I thought that was, was fantastic. And again, that's like you had said, Shannon, that's in direct contrast to what we see on the media day to day. So I was really touched by that. Looking by 2021, I hope we take that forward. As we move out of the pandemic, I hope that continues. I hope you know uh, we continue to be more, more open, caring, uh, you know, uh, uh, accepting of one another, and continue to protect one another. Whatever the next thing may be, maybe it's not a pandemic, maybe it's something else. But we continue to show great humanity for each other. We'll get through anything. Yeah. Nancy? I would second my my uh, what I've learned with very similar events, and that is it really truly takes a village, particularly during this pandemic. We knew that before with if you have a child on the autism spectrum, you know it takes a village between the various caregivers, teachers, therapists, doctors, all the people that work with your child. Um, but I found during the pandemic even more so. And we had, I had a group of core people here helping me, a friend and her daughter who came to stay with me. And uh, Wyatt has two caregivers, John and Andrea, two aides that are amazing. Um, so I leaned on them more. And for the future, I'm gonna continue to lean on people, um, not to isolate and to reach out because I think it's easier to isolate. And um, I'm gonna reach out more as Wyatt is a young adult now. I'm going to reach out to other people who can help me navigate that world. Wonderful. Ooh. Wonderful. And something you're looking forward to in 21, or that's what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking forward to. So I, you know, similarly, what, but what I learned um, in 2020 was the value of human contact. And, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been lucky because I've been uh, self-isolating with my husband and my son. I've never had this much time with my husband ever, <laughs> ever. And <clears throat> lo and behold, I not only still love him, I like him. <laughs> I found out I'm married to the right person. 
Um, and that's been really wonderful. But when I, I you know, there have been times when I've thought about the couple of weeks leading up to the, the, when we shut down and I was running around like a maniac and I was running here and I was running there and doing this, but I've gone over like some of the different events that we, that we went to. I had an opportunity to, I had to drive all the way out to Riverside and it was terrible. The traffic was horrible. And we were like, why are we doing this? But I got to have dinner with my nephew who I get to see about once every two years that he was in town uh, for something and he isn't normally here. And I've, I've just been like, I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad we did that. We went to an event that I was like, oh, I don't really want to go. And we had the time of our lives at the event. I think I am somebody, I love to stay home, but I am looking forward to a time in our lives and I'm going to appreciate more every time I get to see a friend, I get to hug them, I get to be face to face. I'm just going to appreciate it on a much different level. And in 2021, I am looking forward to so many things. As, as people know that have been watching the show, my son has been applying to colleges and there's a big question mark for me in 21. There's a, there's a big unknown, an adventure that awaits him and that awaits my husband and I because our son is going to be going to college. And I don't know what that's going to look like right now. I have no idea where he's going to be living I know that we want to live close to him, so I don't know where we're going to be living. And it's exciting. At this age, it's like, hmm, where where is life going to take us next? Shannon, I hope, I hope you're taking a minute to sit back and smell the roses because of your amazing journey with Jim, that he's going to college is such an accomplishment. Wow. Congratulations. Believe me, we, you know, we are, we are trying very hard to make sure that we go back and thank all the amazing people. I mean, starting with card, because there's no doubt in my mind, he would not be applying to colleges and applying to the colleges that he's applying to had it not been for people like Vince and other people at CARD who were there for us time and time again and helped chart the path. So no, we're, we're really, really, every day I'm reminded of how lucky we are, Nancy, but thank you for reminding me about that. We do, you know, every day I try to say to him, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and uh, Kashwana is saying Autism Live, does ABA therapy really work? Well, uh, if, you know, I will tell you that it does because ABA is there to teach individuals things and all individuals will learn. It's just that di different individuals will learn a different amount. Part of it is that there is a prescription and, you know, the prescription says you got to have a certain number of hours and that, you know, the parents have to be as involved as possible. Still, um, everybody doesn't have the same outcome. And that is just the reality of things. And Vince and Nancy, if you guys want to chime in. But I will tell you that my child started ABA therapy at three. He was considered nonverbal at that point. And he applied to Harvard last week because he, he wants to be a screenwriter. So, um, you know, and what we did was ABA. So really good quality ABA. But we did 40 hours of ABA starting on his third birthday and we learned everything that we could and and we got lucky and we got lucky because we had access to that we had great therapists at card and we were able to do it it was hard but we were able to do it now does everybody who gets 40 hours um have that same result no um but everybody makes progress yeah i would say i would uh, second that by saying everybody makes progress my son um 
started ABA when he was four and three quarters because we got a late diagnosis. But a lot, he was nonverbal, having uh, maybe six, seven, eight tantrums a day. And we got to the point where he is highly verbal and no longer having, I mean, every now and then he still has, he still acts out. But we have tools to deal with that now, whereas I didn't before. So huge gains from ABA. And he's a beautiful painter. I think he has a, a, a voice that it will be heard through his paintings, aside from the fact then that he can communicate his needs. Right, right. I, you know, I, I love having a conversation with Wyatt. Artistic and creative. It's fantastic. Yes. Louise says, my grandson is the same as your son, started at two and a half and has learned so much, but is still nonverbal. Keep plugging on it, Louise. Make sure he's getting enough ABA because a lot of people are getting 20 hours of ABA right now. For a two and a half year old, your insurance company will pay for 40 if you appeal your decision and you really want to be at 40 and you want everybody around him to learn it. Uh, and we, you were out of time, but we do know the difference between meltdowns and tantrums. We absolutely do. We've done tons of shows on it. Check our library. And uh, we're going to sign off here in a second, but we're going to be playing Ask Dr. Doreen end-to-end marathons over this break. And you'll have plenty of opportunity to see what she has said about that. So Vince, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank all you, of you for so many families and for being here with us always. We adore Appreciate you. Yeah, wishing you and Debbie and your girls a very happy Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed, you know, you know, we're blessed to go into the new year. And I thank you both for everything that you guys are doing. You know, happy holidays, be safe, and we'll have a great 2021. Right. That's right. And Nancy, I love you. Thank you so much for being my friend and doing this with me. I love you too, Shannon. Have a happy holiday. You too. And for all of you, we will see you back here live in January. I think it's the second week in January that we'll be back live. Uh, you know, subscribe so that you'll get the newsletter that will tell you. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye for Bye. now. Happy New Year. for watching Autism Live. To subscribe, click here. And if you'd like to check out some more of our videos, click here.